In in this week's parasha, Parashas Matzah Masai, the Shvatim, the tribes of uh, God and Reuven, those two, two particular tribes, they approach Meshur Abenu, and they request to be given their portion of Eretz Yisrael on the land that's essentially outside of Eretz Yisrael. So the, when Kal Yisrael approached Eretz Yisrael, you know, Eretz Yisrael was surrounded by countries. So in order to get in, someone either had to give them free passage, which nobody was interested in doing. They asked uh, Edom if they would give them free passage. No no way. They asked Midian, Mayav, not, not happening. So no one was giving them free passage through in order to get to Eretz Yisrael. And uh, then the Midianim, as we know, waged war. They attacked uh, the, the Jews in the Midbar, so the Jews fought back, and they basically wiped out most of uh, Midian. And they conquered all those lands. So those, are, those lands are called Abraham Yarden. Those are the, the lands right outside Eretz Yisrael on the other side of the Yarden River. The Yarden River being the boundary of Eretz Yisrael. And those that became property of Eretz Yisrael. And it was essentially meant to be divided up equally amongst all the Shvatim. So every Shevet, all 12 Shvatim, would have gotten a little piece of uh, that area of land outside of Eretz Yisrael as well. But then the Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruven, they came... Shevet God and Shevet Reuven approached Moshe Rabbein and they said, you know what, we want to get our full portion outside of Eretz Yisrael. We want everything here. Everything outside of Eretz Yisrael on the other side of the Yardin, and everybody else will just get a bigger portion inside Eretz Yisrael. Why is it good for us to be here? Why do we want this portion outside Eretz Yisrael? Because we have a lot of livestock. Those two Shvatim had a tremendous amount of livestock. They had cattle, and they needed a lot of grazing land. And the area outside Eretz Yisrael was prime grazing land, so they wanted to take that area. And then Moshe Benin made them promise that they'll go and fight together with everybody else and conquer Eretz Yisrael together with everybody else, and they won't come back to their, their to claim their territory until everybody else gets their territory. So there is a whole a deal made in between them and Moshe Rabbeinu. But this is what they wanted. Now, what's interesting is, is that when they make their request, they phrase it that... To Moshe Rabbeinu, they make their presentations, the whole long presentation they make. They said, we're going to build corrals for our sheep. We're going to build, basically, you know, enclosures for our sheep and cities for our children. And then Moshe Rabbeinu, when he replies and he mirrors back what they said, he reverses the order. He says, no, you can, you can go ahead and build cities for your children and then build corrals for your sheep. And Rashi points this out, that they said first that we're going to take care of our sheep and then our families. And Moshe Rabbeinu said, no, no, no. First take care of your families and then take care of your sheep. So the Medrash, which is quoted in Rashi, says that the Bnei God and Bnei Ruvain made the Iker into a tuffle and the tuffle into an Iker. The primary thing, the priorities, should have been their family. They made that secondary. And they took, they, 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 what's secondary, which is their sheep and their, their cattle, they made primary. They mixed up their priorities and Moshe Rabbeinu set them straight. And the Medrash puts an explanation to this uh, Pasuk in Mishle, A wise man has his heart on the right side, a fool has his heart on the left side, means that a wise man is attuned to spirituality, whereas someone who's not is attuned to physicality. And there was a lack of, of uh, fine-tuning, so to speak, that they chose to focus on their livestock, their finances, their business, rather than to focus on their children. That's what the Mishra Rashi says, simply read, simply understood. Obviously, it's hard to understand that. Like, why would they have made that mistake? These are people, don't forget, that had, didn't have a shred of physicality to them, right? They were living 40 years in a midbar. They were eating man. They were learning Tyra all day. They didn't take care of a single physical need. They were the most spiritual people in all history. They had, didn't, there was nothing physical about them. They didn't have business, right? This was uh, something that they just conquered and stuff that they, the loot that they got, they, for some reason, ended up with more livestock. 
So, so it's hard to imagine that this is a question of priorities that they had, you know, that they, they, they were into physicality. They most certainly were not. So there's a sefer called Ber Yosef, a beautiful sefer, I'm sure I heard it quoted before. The, it's a, what, a Magid, his name was Yosef Salant, and he has a beautiful pshat. He says that the Bnei Gad and Bnei Ruvain, they were actually being very practical. When they conquered uh, Midian, Rashi explains that what happened was, they were very lucky, Klai Yisrael Baruch was a, very lucky, was an ace, that he put in the head of all the cities and all these city-states uh, that they should gather together and wage war against Klai Yisrael on one battlefield. So instead of Klai Yisrael having to go from city to city to city and conquer, you know, like guerrilla warfare every street by street, all the, all the warriors came out, they banded together, that they, they thought would be the best tactic, they would have all the concerted force and one effort on a battlefield, and this is what Hashem put in their head as the best tactic. So Klai Yisrael routed them, destroyed them, killed them, and then the cities were free for the taking. So none of the cities were touched, they weren't burned, they weren't destroyed, they had full control of all the houses. So their assumption was, they assumed, that there's not much needs, needs to be done. The houses are in good shape. Nothing, nothing happened to them. They weren't burned, they weren't pl- plundered, and they weren't looted. The houses are there, the, everything is set up. So for our families, there's not that much that has to be done. We have a, a huge amount of livestock, and that's what we're going to have to take care of. That hasn't, that, there's no, uh, n- nothing, nothing done for that. Nothing has been set up for that. That's where we're going to have to focus our main effort. But the houses, is very little that needs to be done. So they, when they were presenting their their uh, request to Meshur Rabbeinu, they were just doing it in a very logical, practical way in their mind, that for our children, there's not that much we have to do, so we have, we're going to make a, you know, a huge effort to make a place for our livestock, and then we'll bring our children, when everything's ready, we'll bring our families in to the houses which are all built and ready, move-in condition. Meshur Rabbeinu told them, though, he said, no, 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 these are not Jewish houses. These are houses of idol- uh, you know, people, idol worshippers. This is not a place for a Jewish family. You're going to go into the house and there's going to be an idol on every corner and there's going to be carvings in the wall and there's going to be all kinds of tray for things in the house. It's not a place that you can, you can uh, raise a Jewish family. You, you have to do a full renovation. You're going to have to gut these houses and redo them so that they could be a place that a, a Jew can reside and, 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 uh, and, and have you know, a real uh, holy home for his family. There's no way that a Jew, a Jewish child, can go grow up in such a surrounding. The cities are full of statues of idols. The statues of their their heroes. All those things have to be torn down. So that that the the cities need a major overhaul before they're going to be ready for your families. So therefore, Moshevina said they have the order wrong. First, see to it that your your families are taken care of, and then you can worry about taking care of your sheep. And the pasuk then says that they took this to heart, and they did that and more. Not only did they overhaul the cities and everything and make it ready for their families, but they even changed the names of the cities. They didn't even leave the names of the cities as is, because the names of the cities were associated with idols, they were associated with Havadah so they even went as far as changing the names of the cities. So they made it, they, they took Moshe Rabbeinu's message to heart. And the truth is that in, Parsha, in Sefer Devarim, Moshe Rabbeinu, um, dedicates a lot of time, there's a lot of mitzvahs involved when Kalashul goes into Eretz Yisrael doing specifically that, ra- routing out all the Avedizara, eradicating all the carvings, and making Eretz Yisrael, all those houses that they inherited in Eretz Yisrael, a place that a Jew can live. So this is what Moshe Rabbeinu was telling them, that they were very, being very logical, they thought the houses were in moving condition, but in, in essence they were not. They needed a lot of work. Now, 
this is a beautiful shot. And just to think about it a little bit further, I think that's really what's the key point here. That, you know, why, why did they make this mistake, right? What, what caused them to make this mistake? Maish Rabbeinu is saying something which is kind of obvious. Yeah, you can't move into a house like that. Um, you know, I remember there was, uh, we, were, we were living in Los Angeles and we needed to move. So one of the houses, one of the apartments we were, someone was telling us about was right across the street from a church. So you look out the window and that's what you see, you see is a church. And he told me, you know, we didn't take it either. Uh, he's having a hard time getting people to take it because, yeah, you just don't want to have a house like that, that you're looking at, you look out your window and what you see is a church. So that's something that you imagine that they would have felt. But I think the key point here is that they didn't investigate yet. They hadn't, uh, you know, gone, investigated these cities and seen exactly what the condition is in. They made an assumption. That's what happened. They made an assumption. They assumed the houses are a move-in condition, so the logic dictates that the houses we don't have to worry about so much, our families will be able to move in, and uh, the, the, you know, we just have to take care of our livestock. That was the assumption that they made. Obviously, if they would have seen the condition of the houses, they won't, uh, we would imagine that they would realize right away, oh my gosh, we can't move in like this. What they did was they made an assumption, and that is what the Medrash is saying is a problem with priorities. That's Iker Tafel Tafel Iker, which means that's something that happens very often. Uh, I know the Chavetz Chaim writes about this and others. They, the Chavetz Chaim writes, I think, in regard to, he says, you know, you, if you want to lend money or borrow money from someone, you know, how much investigation do you do before you find if that person's trustworthy, you want to go into a business deal with him? In our terms, you know, what, what we deal with, uh, think of like when you want to make a big purchase, right? You want to buy something really expensive, uh, a couch, a fridge, uh, something electronic, something very, very expensive. How much research do we do you know, to make sure we're getting the best price, the best quality, the best deal. How much effort do we put into we could tell we're 100% sure, yeah, this is worthwhile doing. We don't rely on an assumption. We don't rely on, you know, just a basic a guess. Okay, it looks okay. But then the question is, do we apply that level of uh, depth and research and, and care when it comes to spiritual matters? Do we take that kind of care, you know, before bringing technology into our home to see how safe it is? Do we take that kind of care when we're dealing with hashgachas to make sure that the hashgach is reliable? Do we take that kind of care when we're dealing with our children's chinuch to make sure that the chinuch is good, is good enough? We, the, the same amount of effort that we would put into other things, we have to think to ourselves, we're, are our priorities straight or not? And again, it's the same point. This means is that the difference is actually in the assumption which means that we think we're doing a good job in our spirituality, but, it's, but largely it's because we're assuming things. We're assuming it's okay, we're assuming this is fine, and, we're, and that's what Moshe Rabbeinu is saying. No, no, no. You can't assume that spirituality, more than anything else, requires that you should research it and make sure, and you should know with a vadayis that this is okay. And then you can go ahead, and, 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 and that's what Moshe Rabbeinu told him. If you'll investigate, you'll see it's actually not okay. It's not a good place for your children to live. It's not kosher. You're going to have to revamp it. You're going to have to overhaul it. So the point that the Medrash is making about Iker and Tafel isn't about really ourselves. Of course we know what's Iker and what's Tafel. And certainly the Dardea knew what was Iker and what was Tafel. Of course our spirituality is the most important thing. And of course our families and Kashras and, and Kedusha, all those things are so, and, and are truly are the most important things to us. But it's on the next step that sometimes we lose the sight 
or what really our priorities are, and that's when how we address those issues and how we approach those issues and what kind of effort do we put into making sure that those things are taken care of properly, that's where sometimes our priorities get mixed up and we put a lot more effort into the physical things and making sure that everything is right there and we don't, a lot of times we don't put the same amount of effort in ensuring that our spiritual needs are, take, are taken care of as well. Have a uh, good night and a wonderful Shabbos.